That's right. We keep our love on. This is Get Your Love On Radio, right here on Remnant Radio. I'm your host, Julie Bueller. So good to be with you today. I just am so encouraged and lit for what God is doing in the land. And I want to thank you for joining us because without you being here, without your support, without your texts and emails and and tweets and uh, encouragement, you know, this this show wouldn't be nearly uh, as successful as it is. And so thank you for all that you do for this show. This show is dedicated to the family of faith around the globe. If you'd like to text us, the number is 760-636-6328. That's 760. It's a local number here in the Coachella Valley. 760-636-6328. Would love to hear from you. Would love to hear what the Lord's doing in your life. As I mentioned, this show is dedicated to the family of faith and around the globe. And we'd like to welcome listeners in India, as well as listeners in Arizona. We want to welcome our listeners in Zimbabwe, as well as our listeners in the great state of Washington. And of course, listeners from the United Kingdom all the way to Wyoming. We love the fact that the Spirit of the Lord is moving across this land and in ways that are very unique right now. And we love you and we are excited to share the love of God through the truth of his word. So let's jump right into his word because there's there's no better way to get answers for our lives. There's no better way to understand the time that we're living in. Let's go to Isaiah 43 verse 1. It says, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob. You know, you could put your name right here too. Thus saith the Lord that created me, O Julie. And he that formed me, O Julie, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Put your name in that same verse, Isaiah 43, 1. For the Lord has formed you. He has redeemed you, called you by your name, and you are his. And that's why he started that with fear not. And there's a colon right there. Fear not colon. That means stop and give extra thought to what's about to come. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Well, bless God, we get to rest in the sanctity, the safety, and the authority of God Almighty today and for the rest of our lives. Every In every instance, in every circumstance, we get that sincere and distinct honor that we are gods. Let's go to Isaiah 35. We'll start in verse 3. It says, Strengthen ye the weak hands, and confirm the feeble knees. Yes, let's, let's reach out to God and find the strength for ourselves through him, and then also strengthen one another. Strengthen those weak hands. The neighbor that may not have provisions, the neighbor that may not have much uh, hope or encouragement, Let's strengthen those weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them, this is verse 4 in Isaiah 35, Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Again, this is very personal. God is a God who is very personal. He's very individual. And so we get to say these, we get to proclaim these scriptures in our own lives. 
And so today I am saying to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Wonderful promises of God here. Let's go to verse uh, verse 5 though, because there's more. And that's the that's the neat part of living a spiritual life and walking with the Lord and seeking him with all that we have. It's that there's always more. <laughs> there's always more with God. And that's the encouraging thing that um we're never we never lack. We never lack. When God is your number one focus and when and when we when we seek him with all that we have, we shall never lack. Here's verse 5. It says So again, in verse 3 and verse 4, we've been encouraging others. We've been telling those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. And then in verse 5, it says, once we've done that, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Isn't that interesting? There's a then. So these things, we have to strengthen the weak hands. We have to confirm the feeble knees. We have to proclaim fearlessness in the in the spirit of the Lord and and a fearlessness that we don't need to worry because God will come and he will save us we get to proclaim that and then we'll see the blind eyes opened and the deaf ears opened isn't that incredible then shall the lame man leap as a heart and the tongue of the dumb sing for in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert and the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes and a highway shall be there and a way and it shall be called the way of holiness the unclean shall not pass over it but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. Isn't that wonderful? This is, this is real revival that Isaiah is prophesying right here. This is real revival. And it starts with us, faithful Christians, those who seek God with all our hearts, those who, and Christ says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Those who keep the Lord's commandments. It starts with us strengthening each other and those that have weak hands and feeble knees. It starts with, the, with us proclaiming fearlessness across this land, especially to those who are of a fearful heart. This is so encouraging. This is not putting people down. This is not um, dismissing any circumstance that someone walks through. This is encouraging them to be strong and fear not. And once we do that, then boom, wow, God comes to the rescue. He comes for us. And all these other wonderful things we get to see happen across this land. Isn't that incredible? In verse 9, it says, No lion shall be there. No any rav- nor any ravenous beast shall go thereupon. It shall not be found there. But the redeemed shall walk there. This is a new path, a new thing that God is doing in the land, that the redeemed shall walk there. And there won't be the ravenous beasts. There won't be the lions to devour. God will protect us. Well, it says in another place in the word that Satan is a roving, roaming lion seeking whom he may devour. Okay, he won't be anywhere near those that are picked by the hand of God. 
those that seek God with all their heart, all their mind, and all their strength. Because the Lord is creating the way of holiness. Well, guess what? I have good news, friends. He already has. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and we're here to proclaim him with a great fervency, a great enthusiasm, and a great wonder. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life, and he has our answers. And isn't it wonderful that Isaiah 35, all the way back in Isaiah, is prophesying about the way of holiness? We have it here today on this show, Get Your Love On. And thank you so much for being here. Um, The redeemed shall walk in this path, the way of holiness. Well, isn't it interesting, too, that in Isaiah 43, God says, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. Isn't that a wonderful thing that we have been redeemed when we're baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, walking in the Lord's commandments and walking and seeking him with all that we have? We have been redeemed. It says even further in Isaiah 35, this is verse 10 now. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. That's incredible. So all of us that know this, that have this wonderful knowledge that many don't have. Many people don't know that they don't have to fear. Many people don't know that God Almighty has come to redeem us, has given us the perfect solution for our lives. A lot of people don't know that. So we get to proclaim it so that they can see it. We get to have that joy abounding in our lives and and disregard the, the fears and the sighing or the sorrows and sighing and just move forward in the grace and peace of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. How can we do that? Because we know with every ounce of our being, we have full confidence and hope and perfect faith that the battle belongs to God. And he is eternity big. He never loses. He never fails. And so if the battle belongs to God, the battle be, will be won by God Almighty. Let's go to Second Chronicle 20, verse 17. It says, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Wow. Okay, Lord, thanks for that. You know, let's let's go have some lemonade and, and enjoy fellowshipping with one another because God's got this. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Every day God is with us. Every day we can step foot into whatever circumstance might be uh, the battlefield of our life. We can step foot and have full confidence and full faith that we don't even need to fight in these battles because God is victorious. We just handle the business that the Lord puts in front of us. Let's go to 1 Chronicles 28, 20. And David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and of good courage and do it. (laughs) We're not just hearers of the word. We are doers of the word. That's right. We will do it, Lord, with strength and courage. And it says further in 1 Chronicles 28, 20, Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. 
As we set our hand to the plow before God, he strengthens us and he will ensure that we won't fail because he can't fail us. He won't forsake us. And as we just set our hand to the business that the Lord puts in front of us, we can have that great confidence and that great assurance because God knows the score. He sees everything. He knows the total picture. We see just a very small fraction of it, but God sees, boom, the entire thing. This is one of my favorite scriptures. It is 2 Kings 6, 16. It says, And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. You know, Satan only took one third of the angels with him. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. There's more. There are more that be with God's army than Satan could ever possibly uh, compete with, contend with. That's right. Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. You know, there's more that want God than those who would poo-poo him or dismiss him or, or try to belittle us for saying we have great faith and we know that no virus can contend with our faith. We know that we have power over sin, sickness, and disease. As spirit-filled Christians, we have that great authority given to us by Jesus Christ himself. We have power over sin, sickness, and disease. So what's some little stinky virus? Ain't no thing. <laughs> and, and Satan knows that. So he tries to put out these vocal, these, these belittlements, people that will come out and say, oh, you don't know what you're doing by having faith. No, we do. Because there's more of them with us than with you, Satan, and your crap. So there's no, there, there's uh, the perfect answer right here. Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Have strength and confidence in that. Joshua 8.1, it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. So are you picking up on this too? It says, fear not, nor be dismayed. Hmm, there's something different about that word dismayed. We'll get to it here in a second. It says, take all the people of war with thee and arise, go up and see I. See, I have given it into thy hand, the king of I, and his people and his city and his land. That's right. That's the same authority God has given us. We have that same authority over any sin, sickness, and disease. God will give us perfect victory over whatever is it is that's coming against us. Now, the Hebrew meaning of that word dismayed, we, we read the King James Version of the Bible here on Get Your Love On, and then we can go into the concordance, Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, and it gives us these deeper meanings. And it's amazing because that word dismayed means to break down either by violence or by confusion and fear. Isn't that interesting? So God is telling us, don't allow your faith to be broken down. Don't allow your confidence in God to be broken down. Don't allow your expectations for God's great wonder and miracles to be broken down by confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. Satan is the author of confusion. Satan will go out there and and try to change one little word. As he did in the Garden of Eden with Eve, he changed one little word. He'll change one little thing from the scriptures and then confuse people. So God's saying, "Mm -mm, don't allow that. Stick your nose in your book. Let's stay focused right here on, 
on God's word. And then we, we won't be uh, befuddled by what we see or what we hear or what we're interacting with. Um, it also means the, the Hebrew meaning of the word dismayed is to, again, break down either by violence or confusion. That violence can also be mental. If you, if, if you feel bombarded by messaging, turn off the TV. Simple. <laughs> Let's end that verbal violence. And it is out there. The, a, lot of the, a lot of shows, television, music, a lot of the culture out there is very violent to our souls. I'm not speaking necessarily that it's um, displaying violence, although that is the case. But it's also, it's also very it's violent to our souls. All you need to do, all we need to do is turn off the TV. I'm going to go read my word. That's, that's how I'm spending my Friday night. I won't be dismayed because God says, fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Those are two different things. Fear is one thing. And then allowing the confusion and or fear to impact your life and break us down is another thing. So let's not allow either. Um, let's make sure we stay focused on the word of God. And that confusion and fear cannot break us down, cannot break our faith, cannot break our confidence, cannot break our understanding and our perfect faith that God is the great healer, that God is the great miracle worker. Nothing can break that understanding. Nothing. That's not being dismayed. Because I'll tell you what, the, the incredible thing about God is that his promises are true. And it's, it's not something that can be naturally understood. It's something that can only be spiritually understood, which is why here on Get Your Love On, we, we teach about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's because we need the Holy Spirit to understand how great God is. <laughs> you can't understand it with your natural mind because you only have natural understanding when you have a natural mind. So we only understand giving and taking as we see in our lives. But when we have a spiritual understanding, we understand things the way God sees them and does them. And they're so much grander. They're so much more immense. There's no comparison. And Paul says it's not worthy to be compared. The things we endure, the things we see in this life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. That's why we need the Holy Spirit in us to help us understand the grandeur of God. And when we understand the grandeur of God, we'll understand that his promises are true. God is not a man that he can lie. So his promises must be true. Isn't that wonderful? So if, if, if you've never heard of the Holy Spirit, if you're not sure whether or not you have it, reach out to us. Go to getyourloveon.org. We will connect you. Again, we are connected to the family of faith around the globe. So we can help you obtain the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's so important for our confidence, for our faith to walk day by day in the Spirit of the Lord. We need it to be successful with God. You know, because when God gives us a blessing, there is nothing that can reverse it. God is God Almighty. There is nothing that can reverse a blessing from God as long as we seek him in that. As long as we know that, and as long as we maintain, as long as we be not dismayed, as long as we don't allow fear or confusion to, to um, cause us to doubt that, nothing can reverse 
the promises of God in our lives. In Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 1.21, it says, Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it. As the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. Okay, so not only are we, are, are we instructed to fear not, nor be dismayed or discouraged, but the Lord's also got work for us beyond that. So let's go do it. Let's go up and possess the land. The meaning of the word possess. Now, you know, this is another thing that um, I love about the Lord. He is so strong and emphatic. He's going to kick Satan right in the tush. And I would use stronger words, but I realize this is a family show. So he, he, that's all he does. He pummels Satan right in the face. With every move we make, we are pummeling Satan right in the face. We are pummeling the fear that Satan is putting out across this land right in the face every time we proclaim Jesus Christ in Nazareth, the strength and the courage that God gives us. <laughs> Let's keep doing that. And just possessing the land. The word, the Hebrew meaning of that word possess is to occupy. It means driving out previous tenants and possessing it in their place. Let's drive out that fear. And put faith in its place. And let's do so with our words. Let's do so with our stances. Let's do so with wisdom and grace and love. Because that's what God is giving to us. And then it says, The Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. Because this is the, this is the word of the Lord. This is what he wants for each one of us to obtain in our lives. Is that great fervency and that great enthusiasm to go out and possess the land. To drive out the previous tenants and possess it in their place. To drive out those lies. To drive out that uh, concern and that um, hysteria. Let's drive that out. And how do we do that? With our love, joy, and peace. With our faith. With our promises of God. That's how we do it. Again, back in Isaiah, it said, To those who have a fearful heart, be strong and of good courage. Fear not. That's what we're meant to tell each other. And that's what we can tell ourselves. Isn't that a neat thing? It is a wonderful thing to rest in the promises of God. And you know, we can rest in the promises of God. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all the promises of the word apply to us individually. To you, to me, to your children, to your children's children. Every promise of God applies to each individual. In Genesis 26, 24, it says, And the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. Again, it's very personal. It's very individual. God is, is saying this to each one of us today. He is the God of Abraham. We are to fear not because he is with us and will bless us and multiply our seed. Here's a scripture. It's in Psalms 46 too. This is just incredible. Again, this is Get Your Love On here on Remnant Radio 100.1 FM. So happy to have you here today. We are strengthening and encouraging ourselves in the word of God. And there's no better place to go when uh, circumstances would seem to be a little peculiar. 
let's go straight to the word of God and get our answers. Psalms 46, 2, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's, God is not way out there. You don't have to go through another person to get to him. You don't have to give a certain amount of money to get a certain amount of knowledge. God is very present in trouble. We can rest in that. We can have full faith and confidence in that. God is our refuge and strength. Therefore, will not we fear? Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. I bet a bunch of people have seen a sort of waters roaring and being troubled. I know that every grocery store is entirely out of water. <laughs> I don't think that was um, something that they had planned. Though the mountains shake with swelling. Yeah, great swelling words. Great swelling words that are uh, going out over this land, causing great discomfort. And it's not necessary. Because when we know that God is our refuge and strength, when we know with full confidence and assurance that he is a very present help in trouble, guess what? Therefore, will not we fear. There's no reason to. There's no need for it. And, and quite frankly, there's a lot of reasons to cast fear out. And we'll get to that in, another, in, a, in a couple minutes. Because in the word it says, perfect love casts out fear. And God is love. So our perfect understanding of God, our perfect love for God, it will cast out all fear. Because fear hath torment. That's the rest of the scripture in 1 John. And, and we're going to read that again because it is an incredibly important scripture to have in our hearts and souls, our minds, to allow the comfort of that scripture to ease our mind and to say, well, Lord, I believe you. I believe you. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear hath torment. So we'll get to all that. But we are blessed. We are immensely blessed because we know God is our refuge and strength. He is the God that inhabiteth eternity, the Holy One of Israel, God Almighty. He is our refuge and strength. So we are incredibly blessed. And I'm, I'm uh, thoroughly blessed to offer this message from our dear friend, Brother Bob, as well, because from the sound of it, you, you might think that it was recorded present day, but it was actually recorded in the early 80s, so a few decades ago. But again, God is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. And so you're going to hear this incredible message from Brother Bob that has is just as timely today as it was back in the early 80s when it was recorded. This is from Ephesians 2. It's called I Am. Now, I think I'll just entitle the message today, I am. I am a Christian. I am saved. I am blessed. I am glorified. <laughs> I am in God's care. I don't think you could put many more I am's to it than that. So let's just call this message, I am. Because the great I am is the author and finisher of our faith. So we might as well say, well, I am in him. Let us go to the first verse of Ephesians 2. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. 
At one time I was dead in trespasses and sin, but God has quickened me, and I am no longer dead. I am no longer caught in trespasses and in sin, because I am a witness that God truly has delivered me through His Son, Jesus Christ. It says, Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Satan today is working in the children of disobedience. By, through, you can tell by the breaking of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, thou not, shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. All of these commandments are being broken by the children of disobedience today. The children of disobedience are being highly trained through the medium or the media of television, newspapers, etc. You never hear anything good anymore. Very seldom ever hear anything good. The news today is not news. It's just the praising of the devil and what he's doing. Everything evil. I wonder why the news media can't find something good to talk about for a change. Why not get some spirit-filled preachers up there and have them on for the news broadcast? so that they can give you some good news for a change. Well, I've got good news for you today, folks. And here it comes. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But listen to this fourth uh, verse. But God, who is rich in mercy, now that's good news, for his great love wherewith he loved us. He loves us, that's good news. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. That's good news. By grace are you saved, or by Jesus Christ are you saved. Now that's good news. And hath raised us up together, and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now that is good news. That's better than hearing about, well, so-and-so was killed in a car wreck yesterday, and the rebels blew up another embassy. <laughs> that isn't news. That's just praise of the devil. Praise of the children of disobedience. Those that don't know God. I hope I'm enlightening your minds to what's going on now. That's why Jesus said, take heed what you hear. You don't have to listen to that stuff. Get you a Bible, a good old King James Version. Start reading and studying a Bible and hear the good news. Read this instead of your newspaper at night. All newspapers are good for, as far as I'm concerned anymore, is to start a fire in the fireplace. <laughs> you folks enjoying this fire in the fireplace today? I sure am. It's kind of nippy out here in British Columbia right now. The weather's cool and a little snow on the ground and frost and a little ice here and there. But you know, it's just wonderful to be here. You can go from a nice warm house right out into that crisp cold air, go out and pet my horses and check my animals out and just talk to God in peace and in quiet out here on the farm. Well, you folks have the same power to do the same thing. Just start enjoying what you've already got and God will give you more. Just start enjoying it. Don't hoard it or love it. Just enjoy it. God will do better for you. Because he said we're sitting together in heavenly places in Christ. All the riches of heaven and glory are at our fingertips if we want them or need them. So start enjoying what you have instead of worrying about it. Worrying is bad news. 
loving and being loved is good news. It says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. It says in the ages to come, that means eternity. He's going to show the exceeding riches of his glory and of his grace. He's going to show us the exceeding riches of his Christ and the good things that he's got for us. Now that's good news, isn't it? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. You see, you can't save yourself. God has to do that. But you can make the effort to be saved and to be blessed. And if you're already saved, you can make the effort to go on and be glorified, justified and sanctified. You just make the little effort. says, be ye holy. You get holy. God doesn't make you holy according to the word you do. He says, be you holy. You do it. Let's go a little further in the scripture now. It said that we're not saved of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, you folks that think you're going to get into heaven by your works, forget it. Won't work. You've got to have faith mixed with those works. Now faith. Works won't get you in. All your works will do is just give you something to boast about in the natural. They're not worth a hill of beans unless they are mixed with great faith and love and joy and peace. Then your works will be accepted before the Lord. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, he says here, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Well, we were just a creature before Christ Jesus came in. Now we are a workmanship created, or a created workmanship. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord guides us. The Spirit of the Lord does the works. Not by right, nor by might, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Ye must be born again. You must be filled with his Spirit. Jesus in one place said, Be ye filled with the Spirit. Be filled with it. Not half full, not up to here, not right here, or not right to there, or even to there. You've got to have it overflowing. David said, My cup runneth over. Have the Spirit running over. I've seen people get so full of the Spirit it run out of their eyes in the form of tears. They would be so tender and so gentle and so meek before the Lord. It's a wonderful feeling. Wherefore, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. You know, I remember when I had no faith, and when I didn't know the covenant of God, and had no hope in this world. And it was a horrible feeling. That was bad news. It was bad news for me. I didn't know it was news, but I knew it was bad. I knew it was bad the day after I got converted. I knew I'd lived in a bad situation. If you folks are tired of living in a bad situation in this world, just listen to me. I'll teach you how to remedy it. Trust me. Have faith in God. And you and I will get along real good. I'm here to get along with you. I'm not here to fight you. I'm not here to tell you what to do or how to do it. I'm just here to tell you what God says to do and how to do it. Do it by the Spirit of the Lord. 
Do it in love and joy and peace. Do it, do it without being ordered or pushed. You know, God doesn't order people around. He doesn't push them around. He's meek and lowly. He'll speak to you in a quiet voice, in a good voice, in a sweet voice, one that you can understand, in a peaceable voice. He wants you to be in a peaceable habitation, not in tribulation. Let's go a little further here. Well, here's, what, here's the verse that covers everything I just said. For now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. You see, God has taken the middle wall of partition, that thing that came between you and God, whether it be sin or whatever, he's taken down that wall of partition. Well, let me explain that a little more. It's a spiritual thing. The rich man in hell lifted up his eyes and seeing Abraham afar off. Well, there was a wall of partition between the rich man in hell and Abraham in paradise. Well, he's taken away that wall now. He has put you to where you can sit in heavenly places on this earth. Where you can be at peace of mind, body, soul, and spirit right here on the earth. Because Jesus went into the nether parts of the earth and released the prisoners as they were men. Released the spirits. And now, when you leave this body, you go up or you go down. You either go into heavenly places in Christ or you go into the nether parts of the earth, back into captivity. Listen to this. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make to himself of twain one new man, so making peace. You don't even have to go out and shed the blood of goats and bulls and obey a bunch of ordinances now. It said he abolished them right here. It said he has, between his flesh, taken away the enmity of the law and commandments contained in ordinances. So if you're under a bunch of ordinances today and things that you've got to do and do this and do that, bead counting and candle lighting and walking on your knees and whatever, you don't have to do that anymore. Jesus did away with all that. You see, Christ is not on the cross anymore. Some people portray him as still a Christ on the cross, one that couldn't move or can't do move about or can't get around. No, he's not on the cross anymore. It said he was taken down from the cross wrapped in, in uh, clean linen and buried and then risen the third day. You see, the cross doesn't hold him back anymore. The cross is only a symbol of what he represents. It's only a symbol of what he's already overcome. So just overcome these ordinances, folks, and start worshiping the Lord in spirit and truth and in freedom. Freedom of your own mind. Freedom of your own home. Freedom of your own personality. Let God use you. Let God hear from you according to the way you would like to talk to him. He'll hear you according to your own voice, according to your own personality. You don't have to go through somebody else. You don't have to go through a string of beads or look upon a little old wooden cross somewhere that doesn't have any power in it. <laughs> That's an idol. Forget it. Worship Christ in spirit and truth, the Word. Worship him in the Word and through the Word. Then you'll start gaining faith, power, and the gifts of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, uh -huh, gentleness, meekness, temperance, long-suffering, right down the line. God will start using you. Your life will change. You'll be able to walk in among sinners or saints 
and just feel at home, be able to look every man in the eye and smile, be able to tell them when they ask you, what are you smiling about? Oh, I found the Lord. He's wonderful. That's one of his names. Wonderful. The Prince of Peace. The Everlasting Father. Right down the line. I've got it. You know, I've never had to find it. I always so I had it. You see these signs on the back corner, I found it. Well, I've never lost it. <laughs> it was never lost to me. It's there all the time. You don't have to find it. It's there all the time. It's here now. So why don't some of you put some bumper stickers on and say, I never lost it. I've always had it. <laughs> It'd sure be cute. Mm -hmm. I'd like that. Found what? What's the it? Say, I found Jesus. Put one on there. Tell them what the it is. It's just saying, I found it. Put one on there and say, I found Jesus. <laughs> or I got Jesus. Make up some bumper stickers to that effect. Let's be positive for a change, okay? Tell, them what, tell the word what the it is. Tell them what the it is. You got the it right here. It's all in the Bible. If you got the Bible, you got it. You got the way, the truth, and the life. You got the road map. Well, I guess I better get back to Scripture. I get going here, I just can't hardly quit. You know, these are only half-hour programs, and they go so fast, so if I talk too fast, let me know. I'll slow down. Or just turn your recorder down a little bit. Slow it down a little bit. Listen to this now. It says that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. You see, God preaches peace both to the saint and to the sinner. It says to them that are afar off, the sinner, and to them that are nigh. I believe, I don't believe that I'm preaching to too many sinners today. If you feel that you are a sinner, just say, Lord, here am I, use me. Take away the sin and be a sinner no more. It only takes that long. Ten seconds, five seconds, four seconds, half a second, whatever. It says, for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. We can get to God the Father through Jesus Christ. One spirit. The spirit of Christ within us, our hope of glory. Now therefore, you who are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. It says, you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. There are still apostles and prophets today. Let me turn to Revelations 21, 14 for just a moment. I'll find it here, just a second. Revelations 21, 14. Listen to this now. And the wall of the city, this is the heavenly Jerusalem, had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb or of Christ. Now you talk about that heavenly Jerusalem that's going to come down when with Jesus. That's it. It's the foundation of the apostles and the prophets on resurrection day. That's the new heavenly Jerusalem. That's the wall of the city. You're getting the wall built right now around you. You've already entered into the heavenly Jerusalem if you believe the gospel. If you believe this word that Paul's teaching here today. Because it says, in whom all the building fitly framed together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. That's that heavenly Jerusalem that's going to come down. The saints that's already gone to meet the Lord is going to come back with Jesus on the resurrection morning or day 
and we, the rest of the city that are waiting here, will go up to meet them. But the foundations of the walls are the twelve apostles, and the wall are the saints. Uh-huh. Even as far back as Daniel, it said, And the Lord shall return with ten thousands and thousands of his saints. Well, the new Jerusalem, the heavenly city. <laughs> Some people are trying to teach that there's going to be a bunch of buildings up there. What are we going to need material buildings for when we're omnipotent? A spirit hath not flesh and bone, as you see, Jesus once said. I'm not going to need a chair to sit in or a building to sit in. I know God's got glorious things for us, but it won't be like sitting on this chair today. Actually, this chair is very uncomfortable if you sit in it too long because the back's too straight. I don't want to have to sit in a chair like this throughout eternity. I want to be able to float through everything like Jesus did. <laughs> uh-huh. I want to be able to see your glorified body as it is there. Mm-hmm. God gave me a vision of a glorified body one time. Very beautiful. I was sitting in a church in Florida one time as I was pastoring a church in Florida. And I asked God to show me what the human soul looked like. And he did. The front door opened. I saw this lady come through and he translated her right before my eyes. And it was the most beautiful sight I ever saw. And from that moment forward, I have never seen you people out there as natural people. In my mind, through that vision, I see you as beautiful glorified bodies to be with throughout eternity. That's what God's saying here in his word in this 21st verse or 20, 21st, 22nd verse, in whom also you are built together <coughs> for a habitation of God through the Spirit. You see, since Christ hanged on the cross, we are no longer a natural type person, but your body became the temple of the Holy Ghost. In one place it says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? That's why God said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. That's why he said, I will glorify you. He will put the spirit of glory in you. He has put the spirit of glory in you already. Many of you out there listening today. So you see, there's more to the gospel than just a little itty-bitty Bible story. God's people are sick and tired of itty-bitty Bible stories. They're sick of just a little crumb of the pie when they can have the whole pie. They're sick and tired of eating hard candy when they can have good soft chocolate. Now, I'm using this for an example or a big, thick... Did you ever eat a German chocolate cake? Oh, there's something terrific. They're about six or seven layers thick, and they've got a thickness of chocolate in between each layer, at least a half an inch or an inch. Well, why eat an old sour apple when you can have a German chocolate cake? <laughs> or any other kind of chocolate cake? I'm just using that for an example because some of my relatives back there were of German descent. I'm sort of a Heinz 57, but I kind of hold to German cooking. I'm sort of a gourmet myself, and I like good things. That's why I chose the gospel, because it is just as good and much better than good cooking. If you love good cooking, then you'll love the gospel because it's just as good or better. I'm using that for an example now. You folks out there that want the good things to start happening in your life, start trusting the Lord. 
It says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call on his name today. And even if you are saved, call on it anyhow and say, Lord, I just want to let you know I'm here. And if you've been silent before him in prayer for a while, say, Lord, renew a right spirit in me and let me pray. Let me get back to you again, Lord. Let me come back. I want to come back. Do it in the privacy of your own home and your own mind. Do it somewhere where you can be free before him. I see my time is getting away from me. It's about up. But I want you folks to know I truly love you. I know I say this on every broadcast. But I truly love you. When he told you you're not good enough When he told you you're not right When he 
told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight. When he told you you're not worthy. When he told you you're not loved. When he told you you're not beautiful. You'll never be enough. This is Get Your Love on Radio. Thank you so much for being here. Fear is a liar, and there's no reason for us to give it any room in our lives. No reason at all. In fact, God's instruction is the exact opposite. It is fear not. And it's neat to see this this program, again, is dedicated to the family of faith around the globe. My, I'm your host, Julie Bueller. <laughs> Forgive me for not introducing myself a couple seconds ago. I'm real excited about what the Lord's doing across this land and um, even more excited to share it with you today. So thank you so much for being here. And of course, uh, you can always go to getyourloveon.org if you'd like to either have more information about the show, if you'd like to send your questions, if you'd like to connect with the family of faith, if you're a, a little bit isolated or feel that way, connect with us, go to getyourloveon.org. As I mentioned, it's so exciting to see what the Lord's doing across this land as Christians in their boldness and in their confidence in their God. Stand up and say, wait a minute, fear's a liar. What's happening? This is a lie. This is not real. It's a lie. Well, some prophets from around the globe have sent in what the Lord's been showing them. This man, his name's Sean Boltz. The Lord showed me the end of the coronavirus. The tide is turning now. This was as of February 28th. He said, God is answering the prayers and cries of the nations and is putting an end in sight. The exaggerated fear-based tactics of both the enemy and several media outlets for political reasons is coming to an end. The enemy has been trying to distract and steal from several equally important purposes and issues by dominating airwaves with conspiracy and fear. Even now, several vaccines are coming out, as well as a natural, quote, dying out of the virus itself. The Lord is saying, I am removing this threat. Within a short amount of time, the extreme threat will feel like it is way in the past. Psalms 56, 9, this is the King James Version. When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is with me. So again, as we use our voice, as we use our strength and our our authority in God Almighty to cry unto the Lord, we will see these enemies turn back and their sinister plot will not work. Here's Lance Wall now. This is as of March 6th. He says, what the Lord says about the coronavirus. I heard the Lord say, do not fear what they fear and do not call conspiracy. Everything they say is a conspiracy. I anticipate two to three weeks of nuttiness <laughs> from the world system. Yeah, you know, it's probably going to be more than that because the world is just nutty 
And so we can expect that that nuttiness will change forms. It will probably be there. There'll probably be toilet paper in stock again um, and water in stock again. But the nuttiness will continue because that's Satan's agenda. Right. As we we mentioned earlier, it, it is to break down. It's ca- to cause discouragement. It's to break people down by confusion and fear. But God's ways are perfect and God doesn't allow that. He, he gives us the strength and the endurance and the confidence to see through all the nuttiness of the world's system. It says at the same time, there is a special access to the Lord that uh, until this thing passes, the Lord says, do not fear what they fear. Yeah, they're going to kind of keep trying to come in a in a variety of of angles. And what I've noticed too is is a real put down spirit, a real put down attitude for anyone that stands in faith, for anyone that says I'm taking care of my family, I'm doing what the Lord shows me to do and I'm standing in faith, but I will not fear. I will not fear. There's a real put down to that. There's um people that try to say, "Well, they they say you guys know what they say i don't have to reiterate it and give it voice but we don't have to put up with that we can be we can proclaim our faith our righteousness and our stances in god almighty and then watch everyone else you know one of my favorite scriptures is how forcible are right words when we stand on the word of god eventually people they have to recognize the authority and power of God Almighty. And they will as we stand. They will. It says here, this is Robert Henderson as of March 10th. This is another prophet in the land. We are in serious times that require a seriousness in prayer and intercession for our nation and the purposes of God in it. He also said that he was given a dream and he goes, I also understood that the intent of the devil is to disrupt the economy of our nation. So we are being assigned to pray and stand with and stand to secure and stabilize the economy of our nation. We must take our stand and deal with the issue that the enemy would use to disrupt our economy and the economy of the nations. That's right. Uh, the American economy is an incredible force on the globe. And so we must stand to protect the growth of the economy that we've enjoyed the past few years and to protect what the Lord's doing in this land and throughout the world. Uh, here's another one. This is Johnny Enloe. This is as of March 12th. And again, these are prophets from across the, the globe that all contribute um, what the Lord's showing them. And this says, there is a quicker reprieve or turnaround and a bigger victory coming than imagined. He wars for us as we praise him, speaking of God Almighty. And this is the best move possible. So this battle is the Lord's. The enemy is not the virus. It's not the physical thing, but it is the fear. But God is doing something even bigger in the midst. The Lord will have his way in the storm. Just some really neat encouragement and confirmation uh, from around the globe from different prophets that on on what the Lord's showing them about this very interesting time. And my heart is entirely encouraged and enthusiastic about how God takes every circumstance and uses it for his benefit and for his glory. And as we stand on the word of God, we will get to be part of that. Isn't that a wonderful thing? So today I I did a Bible study on the shortest sermon in the Bible. 
Do you know what it is? Do you want to take a guess? It's two words, actually. The shortest sermon in the Bible is two words. Fear not. And it is in the word from Genesis to Revelations. So regardless of the circumstance, we can rest on that, that message of God. Fear not. So let's go to Genesis 15.1. The first instance of God saying, fear not. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, fear not, Abraham. A- I'm sorry. It's saying, fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Wow, thank you, Lord, for that. God is a buckler to all them that trust in him and our great, exceeding great reward. Isn't that an incredible thing? We can rest in that promise. We can rest in that scripture that starts with fear not. So we have to get rid of any fear. In order to understand how God is our protector, how God is our shield, and obtain those exceeding great rewards from him. Let's go to Revelations now and what God has to say about the shortest sermon in the Bible, fear not. It's set in uh, chapter 1, verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. This is John the Revelator speaking. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, fear not. I am the first and the last. Wow. Isn't that an incredible comfort for our souls? Okay, let's unpack that a little bit. God is the first and he is the last. He will have the first word and he will have the last word. And so certainly we we fear him, we fear God and nothing else. And that's why as Christ, as the Holy Spirit was revealing these things to John the Revelator, those first two words were so critical. Fear not. I am the first and the last. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4. This is a really important scripture. And again, this uh, message on fear not, on the fact that Satan would cause fear and confusion and God never does. God says we are to fear God. We are to have that reverence for God and that understanding of who God is. But that's it. That's it. And when we choose to fear God, we can then fear not everything else. 1 John chapter 4, verse 15. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed The love that God hath to us, God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. This is so incredible and so special. And if there's one thing that we know the world needs more of, it's it's love. It's God. (laughs) God is love. And and so when you see t-shirts that say, you know, the world needs love, all we need is love. That's true to a point as long as the definition of that word love is accurate. God is love. So yes, this world needs more God. Yes, absolutely. All we need is God. That's true. And so anytime you see that, just, well, what's your definition of love? (laughs) We can ask that question. What what exactly is your definition of love? Because Satan has changed the, the definition of a lot of words 
that we use. And that's why, again, I, I love the King James Version of the Bible. It's because we have the opportunity. Number one, it was written back in 1611. So our language was far more pure and it hadn't been diluted through generations that we see in um, Bibles that have been written, you know, basically after the in, in the 20th century, basically. So uh, it's really important that we understand, well, God is love. And that's that's the definition of love. That's what that definition is. So anytime we see people saying, oh, love this or love that or um, all you need is love, that is true as long as the definition of the word love is accurate. Uh, let's go to verse 17. Here we go. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. We'll have boldness in the day of judgment because we've used the authority that God Almighty has given us in every circumstance. We use our power over sin, sickness, and disease. We use our power to heal one another. We use our faith to heal one another. And so, yes, we will have boldness because of all those gifts that the Lord's given us. In verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So I'm going to read that again. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in God, but perfect love cast out fear. Because fear hath torment. God doesn't want us to be tormented by fear or, or confusion or discouragement or any of that. God wants us to have boldness in the day of judgment and confidence, not fear. Isn't this an incredible contrast? And when, when we walk through this life as we take each step, we either take a step with boldness and with confidence in God Almighty, or less than that. And so it, that's why reading the word and being in the word, it strengthens us. And it gives us that great boldness and confidence in God Almighty. Not in our own abilities or our own mindset or, or the things we can do, but in God. And that's the, that's the ticket right there, friends. That's the ticket is... Having that boldness in God's strength and in God's wonder and in God's miraculous healings. That's where our boldness is. And that's where our, our fearlessness lies. Not in our own strength and not in our own abilities, but in God's strength and God's ability. Because there is no fear in love. There is no fear in God. And when we have a perfect understanding of God, when we have the perfect love, then fear is cast out, driven away, never to be seen or heard. And, and it's a marvelous life to live. It's a marvelous thing to be fearless in all things, whether that's in um, your personal life, your professional life, or your stances that, that you're taking in, um, you know, within your family, within your, within your life, to have everything that God desires you to have, everything that God wants you to have. We should, we should have that, and we can have it. It says in verse 19, this is 1 John 4, 
I'm going to read verse 18 just one more time, just to smash to smithereens the, that spirit of fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So again, we have that perfect opportunity to know God through Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And God sent his only begotten son to give us the the comforter, the Holy Spirit, so that we could have all understanding, so that we could understand what this love really means, what it really entails, the grandeur of it and the scope of it. It's far beyond anything that the natural mind can understand. But it's very much something that a spiritual mind can rest in and move forward with great boldness in. So that's the ticket right here. We love him because he first loved us. God God sent his son to initiate all this for us and to be the great victor, the eternal victor for us. So that's already been done. (laughs) So we just get to participate. We participate in it through our strength and in through our understanding of God's strength through our boldness of in in proclaiming Jesus Christ in Nazareth that's how we become part of that in 2 Timothy chapter 1 we'll start in verse 7 this is a this is a scripture that uh, shoot i i'd love to see it on t-shirts all across this nation that's this is an incredibly powerful scripture 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. That's a three-for-one offer, ladies and gentlemen. That is awesome. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Now, the spirit of fear is going to take on a lot of different looks, and it it might um, take on a lot of different terminology. But the bottom line is, it's the spirit of fear. Well, God didn't give that to us. No way. But what he did give us? Three things. Okay, that again, let's let's take a moment and appreciate the grandeur of God here. He's giving us three things <laughs> for the one thing that Satan tries to put out there. Fear. God gives us power. Power and in what way? Well, power in over sin, sickness, and disease, power to heal, power to offer comforts and encouragements to strengthen the feeble knees to to um, embolden those that have a fearful heart that's what God's given us power and love he's given us the spirit of love that's right we get to love our neighbor as ourself in a little bit we're going to go into some scriptures here um, as it pertains to Christ but as we see people react to these different circumstances in their life we get to love them through these different circumstances in their life. And we only know what we know. And so it's very important to un- be understanding and have graciousness towards those that might have a little bit more um, earnestness that they're proceeding through these circumstances with. And again, we'll, we'll look at the word and how it lays that out. But the bottom line is God has given us the spirit of love to love each other. And so we'll do that. And of a sound mind. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you what. That in today's day and age is a billion dollar proposition right there. 
to have a sound mind, to be able to evaluate the circumstances, to be able to evaluate the facts of the matter with a sound mind. Very uh, reasonable and common sense. God has given us common sense and a sound mind. So let's use it and let's, let's proclaim it and let's enjoy the fact that we have that and let's encourage everyone in our life to also pursue a sound mind. Well, how do you do that? You get before the Lord because God has given it to us. God gives us that sound mind. Let's go to, this is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 now. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Again, there's no fear of death. When you have Jesus Christ within your hope of glory, there is absolutely no fear of death because we walk in an immortality because Christ has brought that to light. He has brought that resurrection power to light. So let's go into Luke 12. Here's what Christ had to say about this. We're speaking about the shortest sermon in the Bible. Two words, fear not. Here's Luke 12. We're going to start in verse 1. It says, In the meantime, when they were gathered together, an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, First of all, beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Okay, so first of all, there were an innumerable multitude of people. <laughs> they were not participating in social distancing. Bottom line. <laughs> but it's because what his message was provided the enthusiasm for them to all gather around and they knew he had the words of life within him. So certainly the innumerable multitude wanted to be there insomuch that they trod one upon another. See again, that's that sound mind that was missing here. And that's why it's important that that Apostle Paul let us know instructed us that God has not given us the spirit of fear. We don't, we're not going to miss out. When we're walking in the spirit, we're not going to miss out. We don't have to, to tread one upon another. But we've been given a sound mind so we can patiently wait for God to reveal himself or for God to do the work in our lives that we've been asking him to do. And then, of course, Christ says, Beware ye the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Yes, Heavy amounts of hypocrisy throughout the land, and it is nothing more than uh, just Satan's agenda. Hypocrisy is Satan's agenda. So watch for it. Be aware of it. And with great boldness, call it out. Or remove yourself from it. Whatever you need to do. But it is Satan's agenda. Hypocrisy is Satan's agenda. Hypocrisy is when you say... Um, one thing and you do the opposite. That's hypocrisy. So um, an example of that might be 
the fact that we are trying to um, preserve, you know, certain lives, certain animal lives, shall we say, or preserve certain rights of um, certain peoples or certain animals. But the hypocrisy is we will, the nation aborts children and doesn't protect the rights of the unborn. So that's hypocritical, that we would find it valuable to protect certain rights of people and not protect the rights of the unborn, the most vulnerable of all people. So that's hypocrisy. Um, and, and in verse 2, it says right here, For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. God sees it all. And it's, it's just a matter of time before all that hypocrisy is revealed and all those who are proclaiming these these hypocrisies will be revealed for exactly who they are. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. <laughs> That's right. This the uh, the wiles of the devil. He he thinks he's so clever, and he's not. He's not. He uses the same tactics time and time again. Fear, confusion, doubt, boom. And that's pff, that it's so um, pathetic that that's the only things in his arsenal. And it's so wonderful that our arsenal is incredible and eternal. And as we proclaim our faith, we get to see all that. We get to see the mighty workings of God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and rulers of the darkness. That's another scripture. And, um, and it's true. This isn't about fear of a virus. This is about the spirit of fear that God has not given us. All right, let's move on. Uh, we will go to verse 4 now. This is Luke 12, verse 4. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you, whom ye shall fear. Fear him, which after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Have an eternal perspective. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God? God is love. God is love. In verse 7 it says, But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. Ye are of more value than many sparrows. See, this is again why it's so important to have the Spirit of the Lord. He gives us the revelations of the incredible grandeur of God's love. Now, if we try to understand what it means that Every hair on our head is numbered. That's an incredible thing. Now there's what? 7.7 .7 billion people on the planet. And God knows the hair on the amount of hair on your head. Even if you're bald, he knows the little follicles that might be producing hair if you didn't shave your head. That's a wonderful thing. And that's something that only the Holy Spirit can reveal the grandeur of that and help you believe that. That would be, quote, unbelievable, unquote, in a natural mind. How is that possible? 
And natural minds are going to say, well, that's not possible. And they won't believe it. A spiritual mind immediately knows God inhabits eternity. He sees it all. So, of course, it's immediately understood and appreciated in its grandeur. That's what it is to have the Holy Spirit. You fully understand the grandeur of God Almighty. And so you fully recognize the authority he's given us. We fully recognize the the miracles he can accomplish. We truly believe that nothing is impossible with God. We truly believe that. It says in verse 8, Also I say unto you, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. And when they bring you unto the synagogues and unto magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Isn't that interesting that um, this is a naturally minded person right here. Christ is laying out some incredible spiritual meat, some secrets of life right here. Fear not. Therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Don't worry if you're taken before the powers or if you have a, a, a situation in that you have to answer for. The Holy Spirit will teach you that same hour what you need to say. I actually have experience with this in, in a variety of ways where the Lord just gave me knowledge instantaneously and I was able to speak it out and it nullified a situation. It calmed the situation down and that just came from the Holy Ghost. It wasn't, it wasn't me. It was the Holy Ghost that brought those words to my mouth. And I was able to speak them out. And isn't that interesting that this person in these innumerable multitude, the next thing he wanted to know is, Lord, he obviously recognized Christ's great authority. And he was hoping that it could apply to his personal life. Lord, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Christ said, and Christ said, and he said unto him, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? He said unto them, take heed. And beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Uh, that word probably could have gone out a few uh, couple weeks ago when people were coveting toilet paper and water and, and all that. You know, I hope everyone's prepared. I hope everyone feels prepared. And that's an important thing, certainly. Um, but there's a balance, right? There's a sound soundness of mind that we apply to every situation. And here goes, this is Luke 12, verse 16. This is Christ speaking. And he spake parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And, I, and, and he said, Well, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be, 
which thou hast provided. We don't know what hour the Lord will come. All we know is that as we take it day by day, step by step, and we seek God with all our heart, all our mind, and all our strength, that he will protect us and he will provide for us. And it, and as we believe that, as we have great confidence in that, it eliminates the covetousness. It eliminates the need to hoard because we believe God will provide for us and in miraculous ways and in wondrous ways. And verse 21 says, So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So the one thing we can covet is the gifts of the Spirit. It says, covet earnestly to prophesy. We can covet the gifts of the Spirit. We can, we can have a, a, great, um, a great pursuit of all things God and godliness, that, that way to holiness um, that was spoken about in Isaiah. We can run down that path of holiness with every ounce of enthusiasm and gusto that's in us. But Christ is saying here, so is everyone that layeth up treasure for himself. If we think that we are going to be protected or safe from any circumstance that this world can can uh, drum up by collecting things or money or um, thinking that the outward provisions are what provide security, we will be sorely mistaken. What provides security is knowing who to be secure in. And that's God Almighty. That provides your security. That provides your protection. And that provides your great confidence and boldness to walk through any circumstance in life. And I'm speaking pretty generically because right now our nation is under a blanket of fear due to the coronavirus specifically. But look, these kind of things come up a lot. This is a a relatively unprecedented time because of the cancellations of some very notable public events, certainly, and and because of the impact that it has thus far had on our economy. But I'm proclaiming a total alteration and reversal of those negative side effects into an incredible accelerated prosper- prosperity for our nation. That's what I'm proclaiming right now here. So that's why I'm speaking more generically as circumstances rather than speaking specifically as the of the coronavirus and what's happening right now in our land because as I mentioned earlier in the show, God is victorious. He is the victor throughout all eternity. So God's already got the victory. I've already chalked it up. <laughs> Check one, God Almighty and a negative infinity for Satan and his <laughs> efforts. But um but it does require us to, as we said earlier, take this seriously with our prayers and our intercession and take it seriously because there are souls that are feeble, uh, feeble need and, and that do have fearful hearts. So we get to, we get to proclaim the love of God and his strength and his power and his wonder through the word of God. And as we do, we will see that tide change. Okay, so we'll go now to, this is Luke 12, and this is verse 22. And it says, And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, neither for the body what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, 
and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then not, if ye then be not able to do that which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Such a good question. Lord, thank you so much for your wisdom and, and for laying this out in such simplicity. It's true, if we can't add to our stature, if, if there are things we can't change, then why do we even give it thought, right? Give the Lord your thoughts. Give the Lord your attention. Give Christ your, your mindset and say, well, Lord, I'm going to think on you. I'm going to think on these things. And then see what happens in your life. Give it a, give it a week <laughs> and see how much more peace and love and joy. See the abounding joy that your life is every day. I had one customer, I, I'm in, I have a, I'm a business development, I'm in business development and I had a customer who left me a message and then called me and I answered and he goes, are you always this happy? <laughs> he didn't even say, hi, Jules. He didn't even, he, are you always this happy? And my answer was, a, yeah, I, yeah, I, I am. Because I put my hope and I put my rest and I put my trust in God Almighty. So yes, the answer is yes, I am. And it says, Consider the lilies how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not, and seek not ye what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be doubt of a doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of all things. But rather, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's a promise of God. When we believe the word of God, we know his promises are true. And that's a promise of God. Verse 32, this is Luke 12, verse 32. This is Christ speaking. Now remember, this started with someone saying, hey, can you make my brother share his stuff with me, the inheritance? Can you make my brother share the inheritance with me? This is the wisdom of God Almighty. You have a, a natural question. You have a, someone who is very narrowly focused on one little instance. And this is the wisdom of God. How much bigger is it? How much more expansive is it to, to for Christ to then say, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Verse 32, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. As we seek God with all our heart, all our mind, and all our strength, then it is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. All right, we're going to take a quick musical break, and this song it, it does what we need to do right now. It's called Get Up and Praise. Lord, how great you are, bright and shining morning star. Darkness has no defense from your true and shining light. Lost in the wilderness, you're my way and guiding compass. I feel my hands grow steady, I feel you next to me. Get up and praise the Lord of 
get up and praise. Lord, how great you are, brilliant, how great you are. You give me dreams and visions, you fill my life with joy. Blind me with your light, pick me up and give me sight. Don't be a stranger, you say, I'll be a stranger no more. Get up and praise the Lord of hosts. Get up and praise all ye children. The Lord he reigns, let all the earth rejoice. Get up and praise, get up and praise. Get up, O Israel, get up, Jerusalem. Lift your voice in the song. Get up, O Israel. Get up, Jerusalem. Lift your voice in the song and praise the Lord our Garden, just enjoying all creation, breathing in that breath of life. And all the food was good to eat, except for the forbidden. It is written. The serpent came with twisted tongue and made it sound delicious. He added but a single word. They used to be so innocent, but now they're just suspicious. It is written, yeah. Oh Lord, oh Lord. The garden was eternal life, that tree was only knowledge. The serpent knew to tempt them, he would have to deceive. A little lie was all he told, a single word adjusted. He preys upon the vulnerable, he preys upon the weak. And so we read, all I ever need is written in the word. Speak, make our mouths to speak what's written in the word. Forty days and forty nights, fasting in the wilderness, the enemy came to me and said, Well, if thou be the Son of God, turn these stones to sustenance. I said, It is written. Mm -hmm. 
Well, here he came back again, took me up to a mountaintop, said all of this could soon be yours. I told that sorcerer just what to do with his proposition, said, it is written, yeah, oh Lord, oh Lord, wandering in a desert place, well it's just you and the spirit, whether you're prepared or not, the devil he won't wait, and anything but written word, that tempter he won't hear it, the book of life's the only thing with the power enough to save, and so we read. written in the word speak make our mouths to speak what's written in the word that song is called it is written and it's a powerful song and it's true. The word of God is our defense against the wiles of Satan. It's it, That was written and performed by my brother Gabriel Bueller um, at a at an event, uh, I think that was in 2018, and he's an incredible songwriter. If you'd like to hear more about his song, you can catch his uh, album. It's called Let It Go. It's on Spotify by Gabriel Bueller. It's just phenomenal. Uh, he's a man that waits on the Lord and gets the the mind of the Lord for these songs. So thank you so much for joining us. This is GetYourLoveOn.org. We've been having an absolutely awesome time in the Word. Uh, and, you know, without you being here, that that would, uh, it wouldn't necessarily be as, as special because this Word is going out across the globe. I mean, we had listeners in India and Zimbabwe and the United Kingdom, as well as across the country from Washington, California, Arizona to Virginia, Indianapolis, and Wyoming, uh, Kentucky, and beyond. So it's just a privilege to be here with you today and to share the Word of God, to share the strength and the encouragement and the promises of God. So we've been talking about the shortest sermon in the Bible. Do you know what it is? It's two words long, fear not. And you'll find it from Genesis to Revelations. So we just got done hearing what Christ had to say about it and how he was asked a, a very uh, pointed question about very specific circumstances. And his answer was the wisdom of God, the grand and um, comprehensive wisdom of God. It's just awesome. That was Luke 12. If you've missed any part of the show up to this point, we do podcast it. So you can go to Apple iTunes, you can go to Stitcher, you can go to um, SoundCloud or Spotify Type in Get Your Love On and you'll find the show there and you can listen to past episodes and everything. So we are now going into Luke 8 because the one of the most important things when we're when we're faced with uh, issues and potential hurt in our life, um, that's that's where fear comes in. Right. If we think something could hurt us, either physically, financially or even spiritually, that's what might um, might induce fear. If we recognize the healing power of God, though, we won't fear. We'll have an appreciation for those circumstances. And, and if there's a caution or if there's um, a reason for us to 
hold back from whatever it is we're looking to do, then, then we can take that word and take that instruction on as well. But when we recognize that God is the healer, we're going to be fearless in all things. So let's go to Luke 8. And it says in verse 41, Behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. So this man was a ruler of the synagogue. He was one of the big shots of that time. And here he is falling down at Jesus' feet. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went as he went, the people thronged him. So again, Christ was in this middle of a massive multitude. But this man needed a healing for his daughter. And he knew where to go. He knew the source of that healing. So he didn't care about the throngs of people. He didn't care about what it took. He fell at the feet of Christ because he knew where his healing would be found. So this was happening. But additionally... And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him, speaking of Christ, and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood staunched. So here you have this man, Jarius, who didn't care. He was a big time, big shot, big time ruler of the synagogue. He didn't care, falling at the feet of Jesus, getting through the throngs of people. And another woman who had been basically sent through the ringer of the medical system of the time and had spent all her living in the medical system of the time could not be healed. She also got through that throng in her quest, in her seeking of God. She got through that immense throng. And Jesus said, this is verse 45, who touched me? And when all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou who touched me? Isn't that incredible? That's how personal God is. There are 7 billion people on this planet, and he knows how many hairs are on your head. That's how personal God is. There are throngs of people that may or may not have pure intentions around Christ at this time, but the woman that had those pure intentions and had the faith to make it through that thronging, she got to him and he noticed her. He noticed. So our prayers do the same thing. Our prayers get to God. God notices our prayers. As we cry out to him, he hears us. You can know that with every ounce that's in you. It says, Jesus said, somebody hath touched me for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. Her faith did that incredible work. Her faith is what healed her. Well, and actually Christ says that next. And he said unto her daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Our faith is what does the work. Our faith makes us impervious to these circumstances, to sin, sickness, and disease. That's our faith. And Christ is the great healer. When we fall at his feet, when we, when we 
have to peel away the throngs of doubt and dispute and we get to Christ, boom, we will be healed. Our faith will make us whole. Isn't that wonderful? While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Okay, that is a, that's a lie right there of the devil. Don't pray to God. Don't worry about asking God for your, your healing. Don't, he can't do it. It's already done. You're already, this is already happening. This is just where you have to be. This is just your, your place. No, that's a lie of the devil. And they tried it here too. See what I'm saying? There's nothing new under the sun. Satan's trying the same. He tries to put out these lies. He tries to put out these fear. He tries to put out this doubt. This, this man, Jarius, had fallen at the feet of Christ. He had made his way through the throngs of people. He had made his way through, the, through all the uh, difficulty. And he had fallen at the feet of Christ. And, and this individual who was supposedly part of his house, so he was supposedly probably thought he was an ally, came to him and said, don't even trouble God anymore because it's already done. Oh, boy. All right. We are blasting that lie right here and right now. Blasting it, pummeling it straight back into the pit of hell. If you need a healing from God, you go to God, you ask for your healing, and he will heal you, period, end of story. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how long it's been that way. It doesn't matter how many people tell you it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. All right, so have that faith. Be that bold. Make your way through the throngs of people. The good news is with Christ, with the Holy Spirit now, we just speak it, and the Holy Spirit is that intercessor to God Almighty. Again, that's why it's so important to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38, Apostle Paul, Peter was asked, what shall we do upon these thousands of people heard who Christ is and what he came to do? And they said, what shall we do? Apostle Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. Okay, that's how important the Holy Spirit is. Because now we're not having to get through a throngs of, of physical, uh, of, we're not having to peel away any physical uh, challenges. We, we peel away spiritual challenges and do so with a word. And immediate results, immediate results. It's incredible. So let's make sure we're all we're all on the same page with that regard. So anyway, Christ just healed this woman, an amazing woman of God, who just made her way through. She got to the hem of his garment and knew that would heal her. That's how incredible her faith was. And in the meantime, in stark contrast, there was this ruler of the synagogue's house who said, "My daughter's dead. There's nothing that can be done now. Don't don't trouble the master." All right. If that's being said to you in your life, you immediately rebuke it and say, I serve God Almighty. I will have my miracle. I will have my overcoming and I will have a healthy household. You can say that. And here's what here's what Christ said. So here's Jairus at the feet of Christ being told, don't bother him. <laughs> well, Christ stepped in there. But when Jesus heard it, 
He answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. (laughs) That's the message of the hour. That is God's holy message to this land, to to this nation, and to the entire world. Fear not, believe only, and we shall be made whole. This nation will be made whole. Your life will be made whole. Your family will be made whole. Fear not. Believe only. And when he came into the house, Christ, when Christ came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. Well, he wanted to have faithful individuals around him, not these people that were saying the daughter is dead, trouble not the master, not those people that don't have faith. Christ wanted faithful individuals around him. So in times of challenge, make sure you surround yourself with faithful individuals, not those that are saying, oh, it's too late. It's too late. It's not going to work. Okay? We don't need those ninnies around. We need strong Christians with full faith in God Almighty to walk through these challenges and know that God's glory is on the other side. And they actually, and, and they all, and all wept and bewailed this young girl. But he said, weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. All right, well, they were laughing and scorning Christ in this instance. And by the way, these same people, I would bet, I would bet, had an opportunity to hear what this woman spoke of, the woman that was healed of the issue of blood. They were probably in the same area and they were probably aware of that immense healing that she had just had. So why was their faith so non-existent? Why was their faith so dormant here? Huh? Let's not, let's not be like that. Let's have vibrant faith, active faith, daily faith every day that when Christ says, weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth, we rejoice immediately. Thank you, Lord. Yes, we know all things are possible with you and we rejoice in your power over sin, sickness, and yes, death. But they laughed in this instance, they laughed him to scorn. And so we know too, as we heard in 1 John, as he was in this world, so are we. Don't be surprised if people laugh at you when you take your stances of faith. I never am. (laughs) But you know what? The Lord says he shall laugh at their calamity. God gets the last laugh because God gets the ultimate victory. So that's my that's my hope, that's my stance, and that's my faith. And so if people want to laugh at me for that, fine. <laughs> What's it to me? You know what? Here's what Christ did, and here's what we can do too. And he put them all out. Okay, get rid of them. If they're going to laugh at you for your faith, if they're going to laugh at you for having strong confidence in God Almighty, which is your which is your right. And we have a lot of evidence to support that. We have a tremendous amount. We have eternal evidence to support our confidence in God Almighty. So if people are going to laugh at that, put them out. Get them out of your life. Say, hey, you get out of my life until you're ready to recognize God's power and authority in my life. You can do that. You don't have to put up with the the ninnies. You don't have to put up with the, the fearful of heart. Once we proclaim God's righteousness. And if we say, look, be a strong, be strong and of good courage, God will come for you. And we have that great encouragement for people. If they still want to laugh at you, 
sorry, get them out of your life. And maybe it's temporary because maybe they need to see that strength that we will not have those that will diminish our faith. We can't have them around. We can't put up with it. Christ didn't. He had an incredible miracle to work here. He needed the focus. So, of course, he put them all out. So this is Luke 8, verse 53, that says they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. Verse 54 says, and he put them all out. (laughs) He did that. He took that action. So that's a great lesson. That's a great lesson. If we want to be strong in our faith, if we want to obtain everything that God has for us, that's what we can do too. We get we get that liberty through Christ. Here's next. And he took her by the hand and called, saying, Made arise. Again, two words. And her spirit came again, and she rose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And later it said that the parents were astonished as well. Yeah, because there was a lot of opposition to that healing. There was tremendous opposition. And it started with allies of the house. Don't even bother going to Christ. Don't trouble the master. But God had a great working in it. And so that's why he said, fear not, believe only. That's why we can rest in the example of that beautiful woman who had the issue of blood and the medical industry let her down big time in every way possible, took all of her money and never healed her. God healed her when she touched the hem of his garment. Okay, that's incredible. That's the God we serve. Psalms 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's right. When That's why Christ said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. We shall not want. We, we don't have um, these severe lacks in life. We shall not want. We know that the Lord gives us what we need. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. (laughs) Well, you know, that could also be uh, the fear of death. And that's kind of what we're looking at right now in this country with this this coronavirus specifically. And again, this is nothing new. This isn't uh, particularly unique. This is just the spirit of fear that's gone out across the land. And we have absolutely pummeled it today (laughs) in every way, shape and form, pummeling the spirit of fear right back down to the pit of hell where it came from. And we'll continue to do so. Um, every day, every day, because again, this isn't new. I mean, David's new King David, the, the psalmist knew though he, though he was in the valley of the shadow of death. Okay. We have a, um, we have a sort of valley of shadow of death that might be analogous or you might make this like the media. If you turn on your television and you watch any any media, you're probably going to hear a lot about the valley of the shadow of death. The good news is you turn it off and it eradicates that. You just turn it off. You just say, I'm going to go spend some time with you, Lord. I'm going to go hear what you have to say to me. I'm going to go spend some time in the word. You just turn it off. 
King David, he had actually walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah, there were there were there were armies that were coming after him to kill him. And still he knew, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's that's God's instruction and God's examples. They can comfort comfort us. So again, in, in Luke 8, that wonderful example of that beautiful woman of faith that touch, touched the hem of Christ's garment. That comforts us. And that's real. My dear friends, that is real comfort. So take comfort in it. In verse 5, this is Psalms 23. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. That's what Brother Bob was talking about. My cup runneth over. Well, uh, yeah, it's going to when you've got uh, the table that's been prepared of God in the presence of your enemies. Your cup will run over because we have a perfect understanding of what the magnitude of that miracle is. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There is safety in the house of the Lord. That's right. You know, it's, it's so incredible, and I'm, I'm so grateful that the Lord gives us the Word of God, the Bible, to be able to rest in, to rest on, to know where to hope, to know how to hope, and to know the expansiveness of that hope. And let's now go to Ecclesiastes 12. We'll wrap up this edition of Get Your Love On with Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. (laughs) Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Well, isn't that a revelation? (laughs) This is the whole duty of man. It's not to accumulate a bunch of wealth or accolades or little gold statues from being in movies or junk like that. It's to fear God and keep his commandments. And what are those commandments? To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, and all thy soul. And love thy neighbor as thyself. And in that you'll fulfill all the law and prophets. That's the whole duty of man. That's so cool. I love it. Thanks, Lord. Thanks for keeping it simple for us, Lord. Thanks for telling us to fear not and to fear God and keep his commandments. Not the worldly commandments, not their agendas, but God's commandments, which are so beautiful and so awesome. Verse 14, for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So that's our strength. That's our faith is that God will reveal everything to us as we trust in him and as we rely on him. He will give us the perfect answers for every situation. I want to thank you so much for being here today on Get Your Love On. Don't forget you can go to getyourloveon.org and get show archives as well as more information. If you'd like to reach out to the show, please do so. There is a contact tab at getyourloveon.org as well. We'd love to hear from you. And since we spent the last couple hours getting our love on, let's keep our love on. I love you. We'll be back next Sunday. In the meantime, Lord bless you. Man or woman, man or woman who is so downtrodden, keep your love on.
on Sons and daughters, sons and daughters of the one true God Keep your love on 